Hello, and welcome to Talking Opinions. I am your host, Anthony Livingston Hall. I've been keeping a little secret that I'm going to share with you today. A few months ago, my administrator prevailed upon me to participate in a search engine optimization experiment for my blog, The Opinions Journal. And so I've been spending a little time lately, commenting on select reports in the newspapers I read daily. But, given the 24-hour news cycle, and the remote nature of work these days, I have found myself commenting morning, noon, and night. The irony, though, is that I disabled the comments section on my own blog over a decade ago. As it happens, I highlighted my reasons for doing so in a more recent podcast episode with the dead giveaway title Social Media Sowing Seeds of Our Own Destruction on October 18, 2020. Therefore, you'd be forgiven for wondering why I would even consider participating in this experiment. <laughs> Suffice it to know that this is the same administrator who got me to sit in a broom closet to begin podcasting in the first place. <laughs> so it did not take as much arm twisting as you might think. In any event, I've been commenting on a wide variety of news stories, on a wide variety of news sites, for nearly six months. But I cannot overstate the manifest irony this portrays. After all, I have written too many commentaries to count, decrying the comments section of virtually all sites as little more than intellectual mosh pits. No doubt this is why more than a few regular readers of my blog have contacted me to express shock and some dismay at seeing me suddenly popping up here there and everywhere. That's why I am so relieved to finally reveal that I am only commenting on those sites for the same informational reason a Danish journalist had sex on air recently. In her case, she was uh, doing it for a feature on a swingers club. But I suspect her experience was not only more enjoyable, but also more edifying. Truth be told, I don't know SEO from EPO. Therefore, I'm not sure how the metastasizing data my comments represent will help my administrator with this experiment. But I'm committed to it until the end of the year, after which I'll take a long intellectual shower to wash the exposure from my brain. That said, reaction to the very first comment I wrote on that very first day vindicated the decision I made all those years ago to disable the comments section on my blog. Simply put, it remains distressingly clear that few, if any, comments ever have anything to do with the featured articles or reports. 
Surely that's bad enough. But I get the impression that few, if any of the people commenting on most sites, ever bother to even read the featured articles or reports. They seem to just jump into that mosh pit, which masquerades as a comments section, and start banging away. Now what socially redeeming value could there possibly be in that? In fact, most comments sections smack of rabbit holes down which people go to either propagate hackneyed political talking points or hurl insults at each other or to be entertained by others doing one or two or both of those things. Apropos of value, I see none in rehashing my screed on the psychosocial ills of this or any other aspect of social media. Instead, I refer you to the October 18 episode I cited earlier, and to the related forlorn plea I made on my blog in Ban Anonymous Comments to Save the Internet on March 22, 2019. As indicated earlier, inquiries from loyal readers of my blog prompted, or perhaps provoked me, to record this episode, because each of them referenced a comment I made to a June 1 report by New York Times correspondent Maggie Haberman on, and I quote, Trump telling people he expects to be reinstated as president by August. End quote. As invariably happens, many different sites ran Haberman's report. And, as I've been doing throughout this experiment, I simply cut and pasted the same comment whenever I came across that same report. I mean, why reinvent the friggin' wheel? Evidently, those loyal readers saw what I wrote. More to the point, though, what I wrote evidently bore a striking resemblance to what Timothy Snyder wrote a few days later in an essay titled 9-11 and 1-6, How an American Nightmare Becomes Real. Now, chances are that you have no idea who he is. Therefore, suffice it to know that Professor Snyder is, to historians, what Dr. Fauci is to immunologists. In other words, he is a celebrated superstar in his field. He is a prolific author who hails from his cloistered perch at Yale University as the Richard C. Levin Professor of History. And even though you may not recognize his name, you'd probably recognize his face. This because like Dr. Fauci, Professor Snyder is becoming a frequent guest on cable news networks, often expounding on the prescience of his 2017 book, On Tyranny, 20 Lessons from the 20th Century. Uh, by the way, my administrator assures me that, until today, she and I were the only ones who knew about this SEO experiment. Yet... Last Sunday, completely out of the blue, my little sister, Dr. Maureen Hall, M.D., 
asked if my site care support team had considered the application of AI to enhance the SEO function of my blog. <laughs> right? I hadn't the foggiest idea. But her question suggested that, in addition to the prescience at issue, there might be a little ESP. No? <laughs> Anyway, the point is that the question of prescience ran through all of the inquiries that gave rise to this episode. Accordingly, I feel obliged to do something I have never done before, and will probably never do again. I am going to read an excerpt from someone else's commentary, because it's really the only way to help you appreciate why so many inquired the way they did. And so... From Professor Snyder's 9-11 and 1-6, How an American Nightmare Becomes Real. And I quote, I have the Cassandra feeling this spring because it is so obvious where all of this is heading. The Republicans win back the House and Senate in 2022, in part thanks to voter suppression. The Republican candidate in 2024 loses the popular vote by several million, and the electoral vote by the margin of a few states. State legislatures, claiming fraud, alter the electoral count vote. The House and Senate accept that altered count. The losing candidate becomes the president. We no longer have democratically elected government. And people are angry. No one is seeking to hide that this is the plan. It is right there, out in the open. The prospective Republican candidates for 2024, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, are all running on a big lie platform. If your platform is that elections do not work, you are saying that you intend to come to power some other way. The big lie is designed not to win an election, but to discredit one. Any candidate who tells it is alienating most Americans and preparing a minority for a scenario where fraud is claimed. This is just what Trump tried in 2020 and it led to a coup attempt in January 2021. It will be worse in January 2025. End quote. Again, that irrelevant part is what Professor Snyder published on June 4 on the Thinking About website. Now, bearing that in mind, here is how I commented several days earlier, on June 1, to that Times report on Trump telling people he expected to be reinstated as president by August. And I quote, Trump's supporters have shown, time and again, that no lie is too big or too far-fetched for them to buy hook, line and sinker and they'll probably donate hundreds of millions more 
for this fake inauguration, too. But the ultimate showdown will come when Congress convenes in January 2025 to count the electoral votes and certify the presidential election of 2024. What do his voter-suppressing MAGA-pawns, who are now passing laws to rig elections in red states across America, think is going to happen when they attempt to present their trumped-up electors? Do they think bona fide electors from blue states are just going to roll out the red carpet for their two-legged orange calf to return as president? Civil War Two, Red States versus Blue States. And trust me, just as Trump himself dodged the fight on January 6th, no Trump will be among the idiots fighting this war for his cause either. Oh, and Biden, not Trump, will be commander-in-chief. So, in the immortal words of Inigo Montoya, Prepare to die, suckers. <laughs> End quote. But even if you find that not a sufficiently prescient prelude to what Professor Snyder wrote, perhaps you'll find what I recorded way back on May 15 more so. Because in a podcast episode, I had cause to quote no less a person than the hero of America's first civil war, former President Ulysses S. Grant. And so I quote again. If we are to have another contest in the near future of our national existence, I predict the dividing line will not be Mason and Dixon's, but between patriotism and intelligence on the one side, and superstition, ambition, and ignorance on the other. End quote. According to the State Historical Society of Iowa, Grant said that at the annual reunion of the Army of Tennessee in Des Moines, Iowa, on September 29, 1875. So, granted... <laughs> It has taken a bit longer, but his dire warning is proving every bit as prescient as the more famous one former President Dwight D. Eisenhower delivered from the White House on January 17, 1961, about the threat the military-industrial complex posed to the annual budget, national debt, and democracy itself. Given all that, you might think the P-word at issue here is not prescience, but the one that is the bane of reputations for all academics like Professor Snyder. You might very well think that, but I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> but seriously, I have written, prefiguring this second civil war, or contest as Grant called it when chivalry was still a thing, in many commentaries, including 
Republicans and Democrats began governing like Sunnis and Shias. Now Washington is looking like Baghdad. On January 17, 2021. Tribalism and dysfunction in American politics. On June 24, 2018. And Trump's insulting tweet about Doug Jones, the Alabama Democrat, reveals more about Trump. On November 26, 2017, which includes this prophecy, and I quote, Political tribalism is tearing America apart, and Trump's presidency smacks of a demonic force designed to have Republicans and Democrats ape the Sunnis and Shias who have been fighting for the soul of Islam for over a thousand years. End quote. So you see, if Professor Snyder is feeling like a mythical Cassandra, I must be feeling like the real Nostradamus. No? <laughs> but it is a curious thing that he keeps taking credit for predicting unfolding events that, in his own words, are so obvious for all to see. One notable exception is the pride he takes in pointing out how he stood out among his peers in predicting that Russia would invade Ukraine in 2014. Of course, I'm no professor, and I don't play one online. Even my blogging and podcasting are just hobbies. Therefore, I share the following advisedly. Because it just so happens that, in my blog commentary, Ukraine's never-ending Europe Spring, on December 3, 2013, I wrote, and I quote, It would not surprise me in the least if Putin does to Ukraine what he did to Georgia, namely, deploy troops to cut off the pro-Russian parts of the country. End quote. Three months later, Putin invaded and annexed the Crimea part of Ukraine for his mother Russia. But while we're at it, how is this for the fulfillment of a more topical prediction? Like Professor Snyder, I too can claim to have stood out among my peers. No doubt you recall the crescendo of doomsayers, bemoaning the reputational damage Trump was costing America with, among other things, his xenophobic America First policies. And he hardly allayed their fears by going through every trip abroad like a bull through a china shop. But I was more sanguine. If you recall, those commentators bemoaned loudest and most despairingly when Trump bullied Joe Biden during their first presidential debate. This because it came across like Vladimir Putin berating a hapless dissident who everyone watching knew was fated for the gulag as soon as he left the stage. By contrast, 
Here is how I crystallized that political farce on my blog. In Political Debate, Biden versus Trump was much ado about nothing, a.k.a. a shit show, on September 30, 2020. And I quote, Despairing friends and gloating foes alike should beware that this debate will have about as much impact on America as a flea shitting on the hide of an elephant. What's more, nobody should doubt that it will take a President Biden no more than four months to clean up the mess Trump has created at home and abroad over the past four years. This is why, despite the dystopian anomie that has occasioned the Trump presidency, I remain convinced that there is no better place in the world to live than the good old USA. End quote. Given that, imagine how heartened and vindicated I felt yesterday when all news outlets led with polls showing a dramatic shift in America's international image. As the Washington Post reported, the favorable view of America soared from a low of 34% at the end of Trump's presidency to 62% today. And, no doubt unsurprisingly, confidence in the U.S. president soared from 17% for Trump to 75%. For Biden. Hell, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson rushed to greet Biden so effusively when he landed on his first trip abroad as president on Thursday, I thought that, instead of the customary, welcome Mr. President, he was going to blurt out, Hail Caesar! <laughs> and, mind you, this is the same Johnson who Biden denounced on the campaign trail in December 2019 as a physical and emotional clone of Donald Trump. Clearly, all is forgiven. As a salute to the prognosticating Professor Snyder, I am going to end this episode with two predictions of my own related to the fate of democracy in America. The professor, like virtually every other political commentator in America, is clearly dreading the role they fear Trump will play in the midterm elections of 2022 and the presidential election of 2024. But I predict that by October of this year, Trump will be indicted on a battery of criminal charges that will make El Chapo Guzman look like he was indicted for petty theft. Most people know about the legal anvil that New York Attorney General Cyrus Vance has a grand jury preparing to drop on his head. But there are two other attorneys general who have grand juries preparing equally damning indictments in what could amount to a legal pincer attack. I have presaged Trump's looming fate in this respect on a number of occasions, including in a podcast episode titled MAGA Madness, 
Trump incites insurrection at U.S. Capitol on January 9, 2021. And so I shall suffice to share the unbridled joy I feel, knowing that each of those two attorneys general, who now holds a Damoclean sword over his head, is a black woman, namely New York State Attorney General Letitia James and Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis. That brings me to my second prediction, which is that by Election Day 2024, Trump will be either in a prison or in his grave. Of course, I fully appreciate the influence even an imprisoned or a dead Trump could have. After all, the evangelicals who form his base abandoned faith in Jesus Christ to support him. And so, their dystopian logic could easily mislead them to reason that if they stuck with Christ for 2,000 years, the least they could do is stick with Trump for 20. <laughs> but I suspect they will be few in number and will be doing more carnival parking than election peddling. Of course, I'd be remiss to end without giving dishonorable mention to the prospective Trump wannabes Professor Snyder is so concerned about. But if Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and others mentioned and not, think they can just lie in wait to inherit his cult, they need only look to the presidential campaign of little Marco Rubio for guidance. Because it is self-evident that only Donald J. Trump can get away with being and doing Trump. And thank God for that. Uh, that's it. And if you liked it, please subscribe. It's free. If you'd like to contact me, I invite you to email anthonyhall279 at gmail.com or use the contact feature on my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.